All righty, guys. Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent, dissident thought meets melodic, euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you, as always, from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my procussively proficient co-host, calling in all the way from Charm City, Maryland, my pal, Odell Norman. What is up, Mr. Norman? What's up, man? Happy New Year and all that good stuff. Is this our first show this year? This is our first one. Wow, we've been resting on our laurels, haven't we? We're I know, just I now know, doing a music show. I've been podcasting so much lately, I forgot this is our first music show. Yeah, yeah, this is our first one. Wow, well, what a way to bring it in, right? We got some great guests tonight. Yes, but we first, do. We have to take care of some business, and the person who handles our business is a girl whose octave range is only surpassed by her generosity. The producer who is too sexy for this podcast. <laughs> too sexy for this podcast. So oh sexy. She's got a goddess. She's a goddess. Uh, hey, that rhymes better. She's a goddess. I had a, a, the fucking hamster was on the wheel trying <laughs> to put the... There. You yeah, the there. piece into the jigsaw puzzle. Anyways, it's Steve Maven, our producer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was cute. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Being cute is one of the few things I have going for myself. That, well, you do. Godass. God that sounds like a goth band. Godass. Right? Godass. Godsmack. Godass. Godsmack. Yeah, industrial. <laughs> and I just, like, beat on the back of, like, big giant tin cans painted like asses. Yeah, big butt cheeks. <laughs> They, they stole the Sir Mix-a-Lot video. Oh, my uh, goodness. You know. <laughs> Except they beat on, like, Pete used to beat on sheet metal with, like, fucking sledgehammers. Remember Pygmy Children? Oh, Pygmy Children, yeah. Back in the yes. day, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh I still my. have their CDs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Anyways, D, yes. since we're, you're in here, let's talk. Um, You're actually, finally... Finally, as you much deserve, are going to be a professional singer here shortly. Professional means you get paid for your talent yeah, in that's real the world only requirements. Somebody not give Bitcoin, me a not food stamps, not fucking yeah. cans of baked beans. Somebody's actually yeah. not beer. Someone's actually paying you cold hard cash for your vocal chops. Yes, yeah. I will be. Uh, I will be the kind of, I guess, official jazz voice for the Black Pants Girls coming up very, very soon. Um, in addition to dancing with the core, because I actually auditioned to be a core dancer and it was just so much fun. And I'm like, you know, I sing too. So anytime, um, and she's like, Hey, uh, I know you haven't done any performances yet, but, uh, let's do this. So there's that. And it's going to be really cool. She saw that sparkle in your eye, baby. Yes. But it hasn't been announced yet. So shh. Oh, all right. Well, I added all that bullshit out then. I know. It's, it's our a, little secret. I know. Uh, Just us and the listeners. That's right. Don't that's tell anybody in Knoxville. I know. So if you're in like Transylvania or Czechoslovakia, please don't tell anyone in Knoxville, Tennessee. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah, but we've got tons and tons of really cool stuff coming up uh, on our tin can goodness uh, next month actually coming up on kettle of fish next we will have the author of heart in gear uh, that's engineer and author christopher hoffman is going to be joining us and also we are going to have the creator of the new bullwinkle series on amazon brad norman a little excited nice. about that one i love love bullwinkle uh yeah. coming up we will also have a bonus episode of kettle of fish with lloyd kaufman of troma films Oh, I can't know. wait to pick excuse his me. brain. Excuse me, excuse me. Yes. Uh, can I call in on that one? 
I know, right? Yeah, he's absolutely, like, man. He, he's he is like one of my heroes. Of course. I mean, he's great. I'm, I he's mean, in Paris I, right now, but I talked to Flavio, which is his main guy, um, I think yes. yesterday. And um, it's going to happen very soon. I'm looking at March. We're putting oh, it. Yes. Dude, that is awesome. And uh, we're also going to have Cat Alvarado's new podcast, Bad Hombres, Villains of History, premiering soon on Tin Can, which, of course, you can find us on tincan.media. And you can also find us on CastBox and iTunes and all kinds of other places. Uh, next month on Musical Osmosis, we are also going to have Lori Fairbanks of Cunt Punch, best band name uh and and ghoul town's lead singer lyle is also going to be joining us next month um yeah. we've got tons of fun stuff tons and that's just february that'll get me through the winter because you know yeah. i get seasonal depression so talking to all these amazing awesome people will pull me through i can live vicariously through them yeah as i'm huddled like, up here on fucking meth mountain i know and it's and like two feel, degrees man. outside it sucks <laughs> The kids actually didn't have school today because it was too cold. Yeah. Just, it, was, it was just too cold. Yep. Well, it's and like I put up today a post. I was like, baby, it's cold outside. And I was like, dude, I would <laughs> gladly get roofied by like a 1950s scotch drinking madman before going out in this miserable shit. So bring that song <laughs> yeah. on. If, if, you know what I'm saying? Like if it came between going out in this mess and blowing Dean Martin. I'd have to weigh my options there. Yeah, and I drove an hour to work today, so there you go. Yeah, Ooh. thank God I work from yeah. home, man. This is no fucking Ooh. joke. Um, before we get our guests in here, Odell, so yeah. I'll do the monk thing. I'm weighing it at about 70% chance that this is going to happen. But I think the time is right for us to do a documentary about the Waldorf music scene in the 90s. Yes, yes. I, I have so the too. footage. I have. I'm the archive keeper. I have tons of band pictures and footage from that era. We mm -hmm. know everybody from back in that day. We did a show about Wilmer's Park, just a little teeny, you know, podcast with our friends, and it had over ten thousand downloads. People went crazy for that fucking podcast. People, people still, people still. I I get a lot of friends that um, you know, the first one that they listen to is that podcast, is that particular episode. So, right, and the Waldorf yeah, Worldwide yeah. ones we've done have had a great reaction. It's like, damn, dude. And like, I used to think I over-romanticized that because it was my childhood. It was our childhood. Right. But then talking to people from everywhere, I was like, man, Wilmer's Park and the Southern Maryland music scene. I mean, to just to name somebody that everybody would know that came out of that scene was Good Charlotte because we grew up right. with those cats. Yeah. But they, they're kind of like the crappiest of all the talent that was actually there, in my opinion. But yeah. Yeah. It had yeah. such a prolific fucking scene, man. Um, it's time for me to film that documentary. I've been talking about it for years. I just started talking with Dan Hersha from Southern Maryland Guitar Gurus. He kind of knows all the metal guys from then. I know all the punk dudes. You know all the guys in between. I think we're yeah. just going to get this shit together. So lots of big stuff this summer. But the biggest thing we've got going on right now is somebody got tickets to Jawbox. A little birdie told me. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got them last. Uh, well, I ordered them the day that they that the, that the show went on sale, and um, unfortunately, it's because uh, it ended up selling out, and they added another show. Um, <clears throat> but ironically, yeah, they came in. They came in yesterday afternoon, right before we're doing this radio show. So, good um, omen. A great omen. I apparently looking at their 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 schedule, and we'll talk to Kim about it later. They're adding shows 
too. They're saying uh, because of the the popularity of the fact that they're doing doing this reunion. So, oh, dude, yeah, their fans are hardcore. When I go on their page, there is so much fucking interaction on that Jawbox page. It's yeah. like holy shit, man. This fan base is no joke. It floored me when I saw it. I when I saw the announcement, I was like, oh my goodness, this is this is crazy. <laughs> And, and and then the fact that, you know, uh, we had talked to her about it, you know, just a couple of years ago, and you could tell that she had the itch to to want to do it. So I think it's great. I think it's one of those things where you can take your, you know, you're going to see the parents and their kids. And Are you taking the kids? Time. Are you taking Linus? I'm taking Sergio. <laughs> oh, well, almost no, then. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, no, they're still a little too young, but, um, Linus is going to start, we're, I'm going to start taking him to all ages shows probably this spring and summer. Well, you'll uh, have to re- it, report back about it. When's the show? Uh, it's in June. It's in, oh. uh, end of June. Yeah. So, Whoa, uh, and it's already sold out. That's no joke. It's, it's, it's sold out within a couple days at the nine thirty club. And then they added another show to it. Yeah. It didn't take any time to sell out. All righty. Tonight's guest is a maniacal mistress of the macabre. She's a makeup artist that has worked on such films as the clinic destruction, Los Angeles and Halloween pussy trap, kill, kill, which I don't even know what that is, <laughs> but I sure enjoyed saying it. Her sonic guitar playing and tortured sonorous voice can be heard on um, post-punk band's Egrets on Ergo, I hope I got that right, and Prissy Whip, and her vaudevillian annex as Nurse Heather can also be seen with the legendary Deadbeats. Musician, activist, and all-around fabulous human being, finally we got her in here, Crow Jane. Yes. Hello, Hello, Crow Jane. Howdy. Hi. What an interjection. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I tried to put that together very well. You have you have um, kind of inspired my creative juices to write kind of a prolific type intro. I applaud you. And just throwing it out there, everyone gets anxiety before they say the Egrets band name. And I was walking around in circles today in my bedroom saying it over and over again so I wouldn't fuck it up. And I still fucked it up. Probably because I was thinking about fucking it up. I fucked it up. <laughs> I should have just got yeah. wasted and just done a Pat Sheen and been like, "Eh, you know, you said it like the proper like foreign way, like ergo, like like a French type of way. I don't know. Maybe that's the that. proper way to do you it. Read so go. Yes. yes, I've never been proper, but okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right. So let me thank you for calling in. Um, right off the bat, before we get started, I was watching some. Egrets on Ergo or Ergot? Do you say it Ergot or Ogo? Or how do you say it? I say Ergot, and maybe that's like the lame American way of saying it. Well, I want to. I'm a lame <laughs> American, so let's say it's the lame American. Egrets right. on Ergot. I was watching some of you guys' live videos, and yes. two things struck me. One, you are a total fucking badass musician and performer. Yes. And Ooh, two, you. your singer Adam, and that's A T O M. Is just yeah. fucking dripping with charisma. Bravo, man. <laughs> you guys are a spectacle. And I mean this in a good way, because I always try to be a spectacle. You guys are a fucking chaotic spectacle to watch, and I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's chaotic on the inside and the outside, so it's mostly just us being ourselves, and then it's just 
is our chaos just shows. <laughs> right, it's not manufactured chaos like this fucked up Trump administration. Yeah. This is organic yeah. from it's... within spilling <laughs> out chaos, which is the yeah. nice, cuddly, gooey kind. Right. The chaos that you see on stage is what is happening all the time within ourselves, even at band practice and like on our own. That sounds like a beautiful <laughs> thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm fascinated, and this is the reason I do this show, I'm fascinated talking with intelligent, creative people, and I'm looking over your stuff, as somebody, I know you do art, I know you do activism, we're going to get into a little bit of everything here, but mm. what, like, kind of what drives you as a creative entity? I mean, I know it's not like 80s sitcoms, I mean, what drives you <laughs> as a creative entity? Oh... Let's say I could answer that question in so many different ways, I feel like, but Pick like seven. just seven ways to answer that question. <laughs> I feel like for the most part, what drives me to just keep doing all the things that I've always done is like trying to make the best out of this like weird thing called life, <laughs> you know, True. putting on this, putting on this planet without a choice. And all of a sudden I'm here and what the fuck do I do with it? And, uh, and nothing else, nothing else is like satisfactory to me. So it's like, I get that. Right. Like I can't, you know, I was a barista and I did all that and, um, none of that made me happy. <laughs> Shockingly, <laughs> barista life didn't fulfill my life. So, um, yeah, I just dedicated myself to the arts, like, ever since I was a little girl drawing in bushes, and uh, and it just took off from there, and I love music, and it uh, is a spiritual experience every time that I play. Wow. Well, I mean, you're not just a musician, either. I mean, like I said in the intro, you work as a makeup artist, you do activism work, you're in three different bands, involved with three different bands, and I'm looking at all this stuff. All these creative endeavors you have going on, you have going on, like I'm sitting there thinking, how the fuck do you manage your time? You must have the time management skills of a fucking Highlander. How are you <laughs> juggling all this shit? Well, it's funny because I'm actually, in my perception, I have really bad time management skills. <laughs> you don't pull off three bands without them crashing and burning if you've got shitty time management skills. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, it It must be just because, like, I can, I fill my schedule up with so much stuff that, like, if I don't make it to one thing, I'm like, oh, look, poor management skills, poor time management. Do you ever but, just uh, sit and pet your cat? Or is that just out <laughs> of the fucking ordinary for you? Do you ever just sit and, like, bust out the Legos or watch a movie? Uh, yeah, actually, I watch a lot of movies because it's like that's also part of my life. I've I've always loved film, and that's why I work in it for money. But uh, but I mean, yeah, like I have to make myself sort of relax and take a time out and pause. To be honest, I have to like force myself to do that. Are the uh, other, yeah? Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I just oh, had to start. I'm listening to their music, and it really resonates with me. You remember the old touch and go bands like No Means No and Jesus yeah. Lizard, and even Butthole Surfers was on that label, and it's kind of got that vibe. That's yeah, what it kind of reminds me of. Is that, and that's a vibe from 20 years ago, man. A lot of those bands, and it kind of captures that vibe, at least in my opinion, right, Odell? Yeah, 
that's the first thing that I thought of too when uh, you sent me all the information initially, and I was like, wow. Uh, and that was one of the questions that was what one, what type of bands influenced you, but two, are the other um, members in the band just as busy as you are? Ooh, good question. Um, well, first of all, we love the butthole surfers. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Commies, that's who. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, calling them out. Um, that's what we do on this show. <laughs> call out some commies. My dad would be oh. proud. He was a Reaganite. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Other bands that influenced... Well, when me and the singer, Adam, met, um, the main band that we talked about as an influence was The Birthday Party. And uh, Roland S. Howard is actually one of my favorite guitar players. Um, so, and from then on, it just kind of like is a grab bag, like from a bunch of different bands that we're influenced by. And mm -hmm. each member brings their own realm of influences. Like, that's nice. Yeah, that's the way the, to go. Yeah, like the drummer has a lot of like hardcore influence and um the bass player daniel has a lot of like influence from like the cure and he's kind of like a 90s 80s kid so he has like you know he liked the the grunge even though he has a problem with the term grunge um but he brings like kind of a more like melodic vibe to it and then adam brings like all the throbbing gristle and even so much so to like liking tribal music from right. you know 40 years ago and and just different all over the board um and then we all have our sort of punk qualities too though um except for daniel he's probably the least like <laughs> one that has the <laughs> least like heartthrob for the punk world um <laughs> but uh but the three, Adam, Matt, the drummer, and I are all sort of uh, old school punk nerds, which I think is like why a lot of the times are um, a lot of people that like egrets um, are sort of people from the old punk world, like the 70s and the 80s. And they're always yeah. like, oh, you remind me of back in the day. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with us just being nerds about all of that music from that time. And um, and I think we're all pretty busy for the most part, whether it just be sorting out like the unmanageable chaos of our lives or uh, trying to survive in this like economic crazy world. Oh, you got that right. You got that true. That's the truth. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Having and this is something I ask people all the time to have multiple bands because I don't think I could juggle. I'm a guy who has a very hard time compartmentalizing stuff. When you have yeah. three different bands, how do you stop? a musical idea or a lyric from bleeding into each other? Do you, like, write a lyric and go, that'll be great for this project over here? I mean, how do you kind of prevent things from bleeding into each other? Um, well, what's funny about that is that it's all kind of, like, really different from each other. Like, Egrets, I mostly play guitar, and I just recently started doing more, like, backup vocals and, and taking the mic and doing a, a lead vocal song. And it it has its own its own vibe to it where like when i joined prissy whip um this year i joined because i wanted to sing more actually and um 
and everything that I write has sort of kind of like a, a mental hospital political stance to it, <laughs> which mm-hmm. sounds weird to describe, but, um, so it doesn't really bleed into each other. And then with the deadbeats, I'm Scott, the original members, like I'm his, his character puppet. So he writes all the lyrics. And then I just make them my own and I sing them. And, and whatever character he wants me to become, that's, that's just what I do. Um, so it's kind of like acting in a theatrical type of way. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I love Alice Cooper. That's my all-time favorite band. And, I mean, that cat reached out to people back in the day from, like, Salvador Dali to fucking Groucho Marx. Like, they were all yeah, fans of him because yeah. they come from that vaudevillian world and I wish there was more of that out there today instead of less. Uh-huh. I agree. You know? Um, talking about that, when, when you think of punk today, do you think it's strayed too far from its roots? Has it lost its edge when you're talking punk and things in punk's orbit? Has that scene lost its edge a little bit, you think, over the past 10 or 15 years? Well, it's interesting because there's so many different punk types of punk bubbles around, in my opinion, right now. Like, there's the whole 7th Street sort of like East L.A. still super raw and aggressive punk scene. And then, and I feel like a lot of people are hungry for angst because right. in in the more sort of popular quote-unquote post-punk scene, it's gotten, in my opinion, really like mellow and uh, and like everyone just dresses in black and is sort of like standing around on the stage and performing probably great songs, but it's not like fueled by some kind of raw energy that like I find super inspiring or anything. Um, So, but then there's like scenes that pop up that I didn't even know existed because LA is so widespread. Right. Right. In New York that are, have really interesting sort of like, um, gender neutral stuff going on and like pushing the limits by like society's woman's image by just like women having all this leg hair and armpit hair and being badass like a uh, like surfboards and they have like a whole scene there that I probably don't even know that much about and then there's this like, is the age of the badass woman and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let yeah, me tell you, yeah, man, yeah. I love seeing all these like old dirtbag dudes get shut down by women now. It's actually a great pleasure of mine. It's refreshing. It's very Yeah, refreshing. to watch from the outside and just watch these guys get fucking devoured by some strong women. I, well, I think fun. it's a reckoning, finally. Well, it's amazing yeah. for how you're talking about like the different styles of punk, and it's, it's very similar. It's funny how history sort of repeats itself, because I know even, like, for example, when Nick and I, we're in our mid-40s now, and I know when I first started listening to punk, it was more like the, the crusty, like just in your face. And then I merged into like the, the, the sort of the descendants type of punk rock. And then, but then you had like the New York style and then you had the DC style, which we were from, which was totally different from the New York style, even though it's just a few hours away or the Chicago it, style or the man. Chicago style. So it's amazing yeah. how listening to you, talk about the different styles that it's still like that. It's re- I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely like from, from knowing so much about like the seventies and the eighties punk scenes and then like 
always wishing like, oh, I wish I was around in that time. I have like moments of realization in my present time where I'm like, whoa, there's a lot going on that was that was pretty similar to like everything yeah. that I've ever read about the music scene then. I um, mean, this stuff happens in cycles, though, I believe. I, I want to yeah. kind of backtrack real quick because I wanted to hit this point about yeah. being a makeup artist. And once yeah. again, this goes back to your Highlander-like juggling skills. Um, mm -hmm. when, when you're immersed in that world of doing makeup, creatively, do you get inspired to do anything on stage with that? Or does it inspire your music at all and vice versa? Or do you try to keep all those worlds very separate from each other? Um, well, with the deadbeats, I do, like, on stage blood effects and... Nice. Because uh, they've always had, like, this um, lobotomy victim character. So I make the bass player look like he's been through a lobotomy. And then uh, one of the characters that Scott has me be is a girl named Sally who likes to cut off the dicks of men and collect them. All right. Um, so... That's Very funny. Lorraine Bobbitt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in one of the songs... Oh, you should name her Insane Bobbitt. I'm insane on fire Bobbitt. tonight. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> she is insane. Uh, so during one of the songs, Rick Agnew usually has this guitar solo, and I, like, climb underneath him. And before we go on stage, I put a blood rig on him with, like, a fake dick and blood inside of the tubing. And then I cut it off while he's soloing, while he's, like, acting like his dick is being cut off. And then I usually, like, blood sprays all over my face and on my nice. outfit, which is wow. usually, like, a nightgown. And then I have, like, a bunch of fake dicks, and I throw them in the audience or something. Um, so that incorporates my makeup effect skills. But the other bands, like... Asked and answered. Holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun, actually, Miss. I miss doing that. We haven't played in a while. Um, but for photo shoots and music videos and different stuff like that, I usually incorporate my makeup and makeup effects skills with music. But for the most part, it's separate. Like, uh, a lot of my makeup and makeup effects jobs in, in the film world, sometimes, like, I have to almost be not, like, a rugged musician type. Like, if if I go on set of some, like, glamorous like shoot um and roll in looking like a strange goth lady it would probably rub some people the wrong way so like oh. i that's why I, one of the reasons why i have like the crow jane name um because i gotcha. wanted it to be kind of more separate lives a little bit but because it's all the art that it collides sometimes well i mean i was all... checking out no i'm sorry go ahead adele no, is it? I, I, I just branching off of what you just said. Is is it harder to be creative when you're just doing a job than it is to do it for like for fun or for being on stage yourself? Like you're on creative fulfillment, right, Adele? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's like jobs that I'm just taking for the money, it's definitely doesn't have as much steam. I usually just show up and try to be of service to whoever I'm working for, but. A lot of the times, like, with makeup effects, that's the most, like, sort of rock and roll line of work in, in the industry, in my opinion. Like, a lot of the make, makeup effects people in the 80s were, like, rock stars, you know? Like, in, in that realm, 
then none of this that I'm talking about matters, but it's more of like in just the beauty in the beauty side of things, because I do both. I do just regular like beauty gigs. I was looking over your IMDb and I was surprised that you haven't worked in the music department on any of the films. Yeah, I, I would love to. I actually started to do some of that this year where I wanted to make, like, I would love to make a, score or like nice. uh, yeah i was about to ask that <laughs> yeah i would love to do something like that like a brian eno type of um musical project that i could work and film in that in that way um, yeah because you have a really successful career i was looking over all your, your credits and i was like man dude i can't believe that she doesn't have any kind of musical scores or anything on these films yeah not yet <laughs> not yet right there answer Hey, I've got to hit this little piece of trivia because as a child of many 80s LSD parties, I found this fucking brilliant and amazing. I read a little (laughs) factoid about you guys, about Egrets, that actually your album, the first hundred copies of Service Tender, you actually Mm. included a hit of LSD in it. And that blew me away. (laughs) Yeah, the first, which we're all sold out now. Um, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Best marketing first, plan ever. I know. And it's funny that you say that because when the topic of discussion came up, like a lot of us in the band were like uneasy by it. We're like, oh, I don't know. Like if we put, if we buy a vial of acid and put drops of acid on our record and like some kid takes it and decides to like walk off a cliff, like, are we, (laughs) does that come back to us? Because that would be crazy. It might, but think Uh, of the notoriety. (laughs) Yeah. That is so PT Barnum. (laughs) Uh, It was only like a, like a drop, like a drop or two. So it wasn't enough to do anything too crazy and and everyone that i that i've known that has tried it um has told me that it it wasn't that intense oh okay Um, yeah that was gonna be my follow-up question if you actually talked to anybody that took the egrets acid yeah yeah there is something that i really like about that is like you know we had to put a little riddle on the on the album sleeve and then the the riddle led you to where the acid drop was so it's like a cool like thing that you have to find in the album and then you could take it while listening to the album and uh and i really enjoyed that um and one kid in texas said that he couldn't find the the tab of acid so he just put the sleeve through a paper shredder and ate the whole thing (laughs) oh he said he put sriracha sauce on it and ate the whole thing that's dedication Uh holy shit all right we got to get out of here in a couple minutes because we've got kim calling in i want to talk dead beats real quick because we're gonna play some here in a minute um we're gonna play the song six 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 one three one three is that your phone number by the way (laughs) it's somebody's phone number somewhere yeah i always make the joke that the area code for washington dc should be six 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 it just seems appropriate here's what's amazing though Talking Deadbeats, like, every time, and this is why I love this show, because one, it turns me on to new bands, 
And two, it allows me to find little hidden treasures that I never heard before. And when I went and heard this stuff on YouTube, I was like, how the fuck have I never heard these people before? Have I never heard this band before? This is crazy. Um, kind of tell us a little bit about the song we're going to play here in a second, 666-1313, and how you got involved with the Deadbeats, because they've been around quite a while. Yeah, and, and I've always loved that band. Um, and Paul Rossler, who's also in the current lineup of the Deadbeats, uh, he is my music producer, and he's recorded Egret. He's going to record Percy Whip, and he's also recording my solo album. Um, he asked me to try out for the Deadbeats, and I was, like, super nervous. So Had they I been on out. hiatus for a while? Because I, I noticed there was a gap between albums and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They were definitely on a, on a hiatus. And uh, Scott, like, the main singer, or the only singer, kind of goes on a hiatus himself. And he would like to do more with the Deadbeats. Um, so I have tried to help with them shows and stuff, but... Anyway, his brother uh, passed away recently. He had a bunch of tracks with his... Uh, his brother was a drummer. Um, with oh, his, wow. With his drums on it. So he wanted to make an album with a lot of those tracks. And he did. And that's how, to my knowledge, this album started. And then he got the whole current lineup that we have now. And uh, they just made new songs. And that's one thing that I love about the Deadbeats is a lot of, like, bands from the 70s and 80s are are still playing a lot but they're playing the same songs and same album that they released in the 70s and the dead beats has always made new material and yeah. uh yeah. And yeah it's like fear is still running off those same two albums they wrote 100 years ago <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly like that all right well we're gonna play some 666-1313 um give us a lead up tell us a little bit about this song and how it came to be or were you there for that uh, process? Um, I, to be honest, like, I feel like Scott was just sitting in his room, which is mostly just a million records and him, like, on the floor. And, like, a bunch of beer bottles and records. And he just, like, makes all this shit up in his head. So, <laughs> so I don't know the exact, like, wow, why and how he came up with 666 but um, I'm sure he was, like, listening to some sort of demonic 45 and, like, drunk and just wrote the song. <laughs> it's probably yeah. Trump's secret um, cell phone number. It's, like, the direct <laughs> line to Putin or something. Call me on my 666 number, baby. All right, <laughs> let's hit this song here. Take it away. Dawn is dead. Faith is deceased. One more fallen angel feeding the beast. Sucking off Satan with the mouth of a whore. Let the dark angel close divinity's door! When silence answers, just ask for me! We'll steal your souls, but the numbers go free! Sacred flesh, the holy crack parts of holy lips! Sacrificing virgins, innocent blood drips! To satiate an incubus with ravenous desire! Tortured souls, devil dance with brimstone fire! When silence answers, just ask for me! We'll steal your souls, but the numbers go free! 6661313 Rub it up, dub. Deals of bourbon a tub. Will it down to the nub? Severe existential bewitch bum. Let the castrato remain unsung! Unsung! 
some activism because i know you do activism work and one thing i always ask bands and i grew up listening to bands my favorite band is the pissed um but also bands like against all authority propaganda stuff like that um how much do you think it's kind of the worst i don't want to say responsibility but how much do you think that bands should especially bands in the punk world should be singing to political and cultural issues. Cause that's what I've always tried to do in the punk bands I was in. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Um, you know, I, I honestly don't think that there's any shoulds or shouldn't like when I first started listening to punk, I think I was just like an angsty child in a broken home. And I just wanted to listen to something aggressive and it wasn't mm-hmm. a super political thing for me until, like, later on in my life and when I got more knowledgeable about politics. So um, whether it be just anything that drives you and you want to, like, channel it through punk music, I think is cool. But um, But because of the current state of the world and because a lot of, like, members in my bands want to do their part um, in progress in like a very specific unified direction or just more peaceful direction of the world. Um, we just try to do what we consider our part. And, uh, and sometimes that means like reaching out to different organizations or donating to organizations or just being knowledgeable and spreading the word or, you know, helping out the homeless or whatever that looks like. Right on. And Odell, I think that's the right direction, right? I mean, my, like, punk rock is on my fucking DNA. And a, a lot of the reasons I went into political science in college was because I came from the punk world listening to all these great albums going, yeah, and and of course back then when you're like, well, the government is bullshit here, here, and here, then people are like, you're a commie, love it or lump it, love it or leave it, get out. And now yeah. you're like, you know what I'm saying? Like I always say my dad has more in common now with Ted Nugent than his hero, Ronald Reagan. You know, now those same yeah. guys, you know, I, I have played punk songs for Pickle back in the day, who's very right wing. <laughs> and he was like, get this liberal American hating shit out of here. And then during Obama, he was like, I love, you know, I love it. Fuck the government. And it's yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Well, a lot of, a lot of, I, I, I've known a lot, just a lot of our friends that uh, we've grown up with that would say the same thing now have totally different opinions. And I don't know if it's because they've just gotten older and things have changed, but I know for me, um, <clears throat> I've always sort of grown up in a, um, even though I grew up in a good home and being in uh, everything, but being, you know, African-American, um, I've always sort of taken a punk rock attitude because my parents took a punk rock attitude. 
Um, so, mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily that they were punk rock, but they took that attitude that like, Hey, you got to do this because you already have an, uh, you know, a mark against you because you're black. So, mm-hmm. um, it was a lot of fight, you know, do this to the best that you can, you know, make sure you are well equipped in everything that you, that you're talking about and, and explain it. Cause people are, are going to look at you they're going to look at you differently or they're going to look at you first um, in a sense, if you're in a crowded place and something goes down, things of that nature. So um, mm-hmm. I think it just carries on. Cause I, the same values that I've had then, you know, going to shows and stuff, I still, I, I pass it on to my kids now and I'm in a, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a biracial interracial relationship. So, um, and married and everything. So that even triples the fact that I got to tell my kids, okay, this is what happened. This is happening this is how it goes. And, you know, you, you, my son who's 10 and is skating now and he has his crew and they go to the skate parks and their stuff. And I got to be like, Hey, you know, make sure, you know, you do this and do that and make sure, you know, if you're going to wear a hood, you know, it's, it's crazy that I got to still explain all this stuff to him because, you know, but more so now than probably 10 years ago. Easily. Definitely more so now than 10 years ago. I always thought, I, I, like, I think I've told you, Nick, I always, uh, people have always asked me, you know, do you think racism is gone? This is when we were in our teens and 20s. And I was like, no, I just think it's quiet. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's undercover. But I said, eventually it'll come back out. It'll, it'll, mm-hmm. There'll be something that'll trigger it. And Odell called it racism came back in fashion. That is fucking sad. It's crazy. It, well, if you think about it, it, it was just like, well, we had a black president. So now mm-hmm. we can say whatever we want to say, because you guys had a black president here. You had yours. Here, take it. Now mm-hmm. we're going to, we can be ignorant again, which is, it's sad. You know, when you come home and every day you're watching the news and it's just like, gosh, this guy is, you know, and I'm not trying to turn this into a political thing, but it's just like, mm-hmm. man, the ignorance is so in your face, but people just want to turn away from it. But eventually mm-hmm. it's just, it's just going to keep coming in your face. It's just going to smack you and it's starting to smack people now. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you're, you're starting to see more and more people are like, I'm so surprised this happened. And you're like, well, why are you surprised when you knew this was going to happen? This It's been said. Because they've been like, watching Desperate Housewives for 10 fucking years and they <laughs> think that's how the world <laughs> operates. Yeah, they just, yeah. you know. They get in their little comfort zone. They're very zone and, sheltered, yeah. Yeah, you know, like a yeah. like a, a a sick animal or or a scared animal. They just want to find that little comfort zone, and then once you pull that pull that away from them, they freak out, and the first thing they want to do is just you know fight. And, and Hard to see the injustice in the injustice in the world where you're fucking sitting in a beanbag chair popping Adderall all day. Yeah, yeah, that and, stuff's not on your yeah, radar, man. That's it. Yeah, or when you just like full of yourself and you're you only care about like whatever it takes to get yourself to the next like success exactly or, like, but yeah it's like my gym teacher used to say you're only in competition with yourself and that's something i've carried yeah. with me since like sixth grade i had miss wyrick and she used to say that and i'm kind of in competition with myself I, i'm not worried about what other people are doing I'm just trying to like max out as much joy and fun and creative output I can put out there on uh you know 80 90 years. I mean that's minimal time on planet earth. Hey, yeah, yeah, it is. And like for me it always comes back to like like awareness. If there's like exactly. one that I would want to pick up, it would be 
it would be awareness, whether it's awareness of like humane immigrant rights, awareness of Black Lives Matter, or awareness of like peace over violence, or awareness of like the state of the world and like how um, our garbage is fucking everywhere and the ice caps are melting. Like I spent a month in the Arctic and they are so aware of their waste. Whoa, that's a story for another day. Holy shit, you can't just <laughs> drop a bomb like that yeah, on your way out. My God. Yeah, because they're there. The fucking glaciers melt in front of their face, so they know what what it is. Like, they're not in a city a million miles away, just like, blah, blah, blah. I want to go buy my organic dish soap from the store. You know, like, yeah. they, they're seeing it, and it's a, and it's a real thing, and, and uh, so spreading awareness of everything that is going Holy on. Shit. We'll have to have you back and do a 10 hour episode and just talk <laughs> politics for 10 fucking oh, hours yeah. until yeah, we start we could, bleeding we, out our eyeballs. We could do that. All yeah, right. We got to get you about. out of here because we've got Kim <laughs> going in. Actually, Kim's on the line. We got to get you out of here. Please, please, please tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. Um, well, you could find me on Instagram and Facebook and look up the bands, Egrets and Ergot, Prissy Whip and the Deadbeats and just look up Crow Jane and you'll, you'll find me. Right on. Thank you so awesome. much for calling you, in. Crow we'll have you back yeah. for the other, um, nine and a half hours of this conversation. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Costume.
All righty, Odell. Um, you got your tickets. Now we can talk some Jawbox. We've got Kim Coletta yeah. on the line from Jawbox. Yeah. Kim, it's good to have you Hi, back. Guys. Hey. Great to be back. I had a lot of it's, fun last time. Oh, awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, so so where, where do we begin? I, I, I'm going to tell you my – this is what happened to me a couple weeks ago. I, I, the normal routine, I get to work, get my coffee, sit down quote unquote supposed to be doing work and I get on, you know, Facebook, you know, for a couple minutes and first Wait, wait, you up, Facebook at work? You're making that public admission. I'm making that public. Wow. <laughs> you are I think, stoked. I think you're allowed to do Facebook as part of your job or is this another job, the official job? It's sort of both cuz it's funny cuz sometimes there's a couple guys in my office and we actually Facebook message each other. <laughs> Even though we're like a couple cubicles away from each other. Oh, then because, you're like my te- you're like my teenage son then. Yeah, yeah pretty the much, fan. pretty much. All right. Yeah. But I get on there, and then all of a sudden it's like I see you shared this post, and I'm just like, and I literally I I wanted to do a happy dance at, at work. I just was like, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is Odell posted. I can hear him squeal in yeah. joy when he posted <laughs> on our music page. <laughs> I can see that. That's, yeah. that's cool, though. So when 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 did when did you guys decide? I know I, I've been looking at pictures and everything, and I've I've seen the pictures from you guys practicing in the summer. So when did you guys decide to be like, hey, okay, let's make this official? After twenty two years, right? Oh God, that just doesn't sound good. <laughs> I try. I try per- personally not to do the math. Um, no, but I like to think we played on the Jimmy Fallon show not so long yeah. ago. So right, right, I, yeah. I had to re- I had to relearn six songs for 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 that day. So um, it, at least I had a little bit in my pocket going into this. But, but our story, our story, I don't really know. Every year, someone always says in the band, "Hey, I'd be up for playing shows if you guys are," but then someone always threw up a roadblock. I got, you know, adult life is, it's a pain, yeah. right? <laughs> like, yeah. It was yeah. so easier to be in my 20s and we're like, we didn't care. We just quit our jobs and threw everything in the van and got, got in the van and we went. But it's I could like just see anymore. Kim like, just like flick it off her boss and say, I'm going on tour, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, uh, don't, don't, not exactly because don't forget for a good, a good brief chunk of that time, Ian Mackay at Discord was my boss. So that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I will say also, a bunch of us worked at places like Olsen Books and Records or Second Story Books, people in bands in D.C. And it it was kind of understood, like, these people are all in bands, they're going to leave, and then you could get your job back. It was actually pretty cool. That's awesome. That is cool. It's a little little bit of little D.C. history. (laughs) Could you imagine trying to do that with Ian? You'd be like, uh, you know what, dude, I'm going to... you know, screw this, I'm going to go on tour. And he's like, yeah, I, you know. <laughs> but those KPS reports are due on Friday, back. Kim. <laughs> you're, you're, on, you're on Discord, but don't you plan on coming back if you leave right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But listen, listen I, I, something about this year, I think, I, like, our drummer is between jobs. It feels like he could take, like, a little sabbatical. And, okay. um, uh, Jay has always said, "Tell me when, and I'll be there." 
like every yeah, year been, we talk about Yeah, because Jay's been playing like crazy too. I mean, these last exactly. couple of years, he has been playing like either between like his solo stuff um, totally. and, or whatever other band he's been in. It's been like, I, I know just being up here in Baltimore, I've seen him a few times, you know, play, play just, just random like, hey, Jay's opening for like the Lemonheads or Jay's playing with these guys or these you guys. Really I'm like, oh. You really can't uh, throw a rock in the Baltimore area without a hitting Jay Robbins. It's yeah, easy yeah. But, but, you know, he's one of yours now. Like, he's lived in Pikesville for many years now. Yeah, hey, that's right up the road from me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys knew that, but um, they have a uh, – he and his wife, Janet, have a special needs child. And, yeah. And yeah. The, housing, the housing is really unaffordable in the D.C. area, and they were able to get what they needed to build ramps and for the, for the um, powered wheelchair and stuff like that. Mm-hmm in the Baltimore area. So he's been there quite some time now. Yeah. I, I tell I, people, I tell people all the time that I'm like, uh, you know, for the longest time, I'm the single income and I, I, I couldn't do that anywhere else, but up here living up wow. here and working. Yeah. That's how the money goes up here. Yeah, definitely. Can I jump yeah. in here real quick and ask something? Cause this is the first thing I thought when I had heard you guys had actually been practicing since August, when you guys got together for the first time to practice, was it like old times and everything just fell into place with that first chord? Or was there a period of adjustment <laughs> kind of getting back into this jawboxing? Well, that's a great question. Um, well, I think there's the emotional readjustment and, and then there's the actual uh, playing the songs adjustment. So I'll, I'll deal with them separately, but quickly. Um, emotionally, I've, I've seen these people, you know, since the band broke up, um, slightly awkward. I was married to Bill and we got divorced mm-hmm. um, about seven years ago. So for a while we were civil to each other because of our son, but I don't think I was in the right headspace to get back together in job box with him. Gotcha. And that, that all has changed. Like we're, we're fine now. And it was, it was breaking each other. And it's funny because I, I, hadn't played as much as the other guys but I'm also really diligent doing homework like every mm-hmm. day I get home from my job and I'm exhausted but I but you're a teacher like, so that totally I'm makes a sense teacher, but kids totally like you're so drained when you're a teacher by the end of the uh-huh. day and it's really hard but I'm like I look, put it on my calendar just one word base and uh, we're, we're up to uh, 20 for me up to 23 songs relearned and I've just been practicing a lot. So I, I felt pretty comfortable musically going in there. I was just rusty. Like, I'm like, oh, I need my calluses back and things like that. But gotcha. it also is funny because we, we didn't always have great patterns when we were younger because we write, we write songs in a very democratic way, mm-hmm. which has its pros and cons. Right. I, mean, I think it's better maybe to be a singer-songwriter, and you could just be like, you play this, and you play this, and I, and I think Jay's enjoyed having his, like, solo career, because he could be that guy, but, yeah. oh my god, job box, it's like everyone, well, I don't know about that, and so our songwriting process is very slow because of it, but I think we're all more mature, thank god, uh, <laughs> I can say that, <laughs> and so we need some baggage behind, which was nice, and it's, it's super cool to, like, with everyone again yeah and you guys and, you, and you've always been super supportive of everybody is uh you know else's endeavors because i know just 
going to like Burning sure. Airline shows and, and, and things of that nature and whoever was in whatever band you were, you were always there. You were always there to either help with like, just to be there to talk or I, I, there's, I think the first time I met you, you were selling merch. <laughs> you were back there helping. Them Probably. Out with merch. And um, so, they're I mean, my, they're my people, right? They're yeah. They're yeah. So it, it, it always seemed like you guys always got along. Are you surprised by the, the fact that you guys are adding shows now to, to your, um, to your calendar? Oh, the outpour you know, of support has been incredible. That yeah. has got to fool you. It's been insane. I actually, I, I wanted to manage my own expectations because I'm not being disingenuous when I say this. I, I really, I had no idea. Like, I had this idea, like, this would go, these tickets will sell like gangbusters or 10 people will buy them. I, I didn't know, and I just, I was like, I didn't want any false pride around the whole thing. I, I am humbled by the outpouring of support, though. It, it's we're still digging out some social media because that's not really something we have to deal with. Like, yeah, e- emails at the end of our band career, but like, this is a whole different world now. I bet. Does it amp and up the like, nerves knowing that it's not just going to be like, hey, maybe 50, 60, 100 old school people, but it's just this outpouring of we've got to have Jawbox? Does that amp things up for you, or is a show think, a show? No, I, I'm more emotional than the other guys. So I have been alternately feeling super excited or like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> so, well, that's a good, that's good like, though. That's good. No, I, I, I mean, whatever. I think if you're not a little nervous before a show, like you've kind of maybe lost the joy yep. in it or something, like you just get those jitters, I think, whether there are 10 people or a thousand or whatever. But yeah, selling out shows, wow. And yeah. because we, we're getting a lot of uh, why not Cleveland, why not Pittsburgh, why not Orlando, why not Houston. I saw that. I, I started saying that, yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I really wish in the announcement I had thought to say this, that because of family and work, like our time is limited. Like I can only play shows right now in the summer, mm-hmm. or maybe on selected weekends. And uh, well, we did as much as we could, but with, with, we're leaving like kids behind and stuff. Like, man, is, is your son coming with you guys on a on a stretch? He is. He is almost eighteen, and um, part of the I didn't ever finish your first question. This year is probably the worst for me to get back together. Like, he's a senior. There's a whole college application process. Oh yeah. Moving, have, have you been there? And yeah. Either yeah, but it's there's a lot of moving parts and um, it's been a up and down journey and he's the kind of kid who does things at the last minute and somehow pulls it off. But I am not that person. So the two of us working on this together, he's like, yeah, I'm going to write that college essay. And then like, I'll watch the calendar, the days tick by, but enough about that. But this year <laughs> is weird for me, but my son loves underground rap and hip hop. The last time he listened to something that I listened to was probably the Decemberist, like 10 years ago. Okay. The last concert I brought him to. And um, I love that he's found his own musical out. So I think he'll definitely go to the shows, but he's not touring with us. Like, he'll have a summer job. And and, and I don't think he wants to, and I'm not sure I want him to. Right. Like, well, you know, I think you, it introduces, you know like... 
his Go mind ahead. is going to be blown. His mind is going to be blown when he realizes. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I, my my kids are ten, uh, you know, five and three, and when right. I show them just like I'll pop in a CD that I played on, or even the podcast that we do, and they're like, "Whoa, that's that's you, Dad. Yeah, that's pretty cool." I can only imagine what your son's going to be like if he's at that the nine thirty club show. And yeah, it's going to be wall-to-wall people there to see you play. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he really gets it because as a parent, you're like the parent. Yeah. And he, he, he's known for a long time. This is a big part of our lives. But um, even when we did the Jimmy Fallon show, he was, I think he was nine then or something, maybe mm-hmm. ten. He, he, he didn't come with us. Um, but when I showed it to him on TV, I recorded it. He's like, yeah, that's cool. And I realized for this generation, like they've grown up with screens in front of their faces. So like the fact that I was on a screen, he's like, everyone's on a screen. Like, so I was like, uh, yeah, okay, cool. Because it was weird, actually. Yeah, but yeah, they're not phased. No, 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 because like, and in fact, honestly, they don't even watch an actual TV anymore. It's like, why would I get up to watch that when everything I need is on my phone in front of me? Mm-hmm. They're watching like movies on you know three inch screen. It's it's interesting, it's different. Yeah, it's I can't no impress my daughter. I took her this summer. We went up to William Sanderson, who's an actor who plays a mayor on Deadwood and all this stuff. And right. I worked for William, and I took my daughter up there. You know, me and Dee and my daughter Vivian went up there, and I was like, "Here's William Sanderson," and and you know, showing her Deadwood and Newhart and stuff. And I was like, "So is that cool?" Yeah, whatever. Like, it didn't phase her at all. And I was like, my, I remember when my dad, who used to do ham radios, like Morse code, and then it turned into ham radio. When I was in third grade, he talked to the guy who wrote a Christmas story, that Christmas movie. And yeah, I was yeah. like the king of my elementary school. I was like, my dad talked to the guy who wrote a Christmas. Oh, my God, you're famous. Yep, yeah, yep. No, and now you can't phase kids anymore. No. I mean, this is a generation where people are famous for being famous, you know, like the, the Kardashians and others. And it, mm-hmm. it's just, just different. So your daughter must be older if you're 13. Yeah. All right. So whatever. She's now into the teenage years, but they're hard to impress. I have to say, um, but I think the show will be different. I think can be at the show. It's like different being there. That's what I hope anyway, mm-hmm. but no, he's not, he's not long answer to say he's not, doing the whole tour with us. So he'd be good muscle. Uh-huh. Heavy things. <laughs> That's, true. That's why we have the kids, right? There okay. you go. All right. I know you've got uh, more stuff coming up here at nine o'clock. So let me get you out of here. You know, I wanted to tell you, you actually, the last time you called in was our launch episode for our network. So you'll yeah. always have a special place in my heart because you were on our 12 hour episode when we launched Tin Can Media That's three years right. ago. That's that was three right. years I ago. I forgot it was the launch. You're still in business. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Even with haters saying we're going to destroy Tin Can Media because you're poli- you know, your liberal politics. Somehow we're <laughs> still here. <laughs> there'll, always be, there'll always be haters. And in fact, you mentioned social media. I'm, I'm answering our people and I'm writing back to them because we've always been that kind of band. But I'm going to go on a bit of a social media blackout. Like I don't need to hear negative reviews and. This and that. Gotcha. Oh yeah. I'm just gonna you, play the shows and have fun. Just have fun. That's yeah. like you guys. Have, you know, like you said, you've been talking about it for for a while now. 
I just soak it all in, man. It's one of those things I think, um, and this is nowhere on your level. I'm playing with some guys in my neighborhood, and um, we're doing a show up here in Baltimore at, at the end of February. And I haven't played a show in like seven years, eight years. And it was one of those things where it's like I used to take it for granted. You know, like you said, every day was that. It, that was it. You know, go to work. Right. You're, you're gonna now have like, you're gonna have nerves too. You're gonna have nerves yeah, at that show. Yeah, but I'm just For like, sure. oh man, we're actually playing a show. Like <laughs> this is crazy. So, we'll to, no, I'll I get it. Talk to you guys, I'll have to talk to you guys again, like this summer when it's all happening. To, to yes, please. Oh, how, please. How it's all going. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Dell will be great. at your show at the 9:30 club. He posted pictures of his tickets today. He was so yeah, excited. I, I got my tickets yesterday, so I'll be at the yeah. Friday show. <laughs> really thanks for the support seriously oh no i, I i'll definitely if i try to find my way i know it's gonna be it'll be crazy there but i'm gonna try to find my way to you just to say hello and and, and thank you for you know everything and stuff so please please do talk about the lights that night because yeah. and now that we just all talked about like how terrible social media is before you leave tell us where we could find you on social media where can we find <laughs> Jawbox? I heard the woman before saying this, and um, now you can laugh at me because, okay, yes, we um, Jawbox Official is our name on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and we have a brand new spanking website. Um, I don't know the URL. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to me, and I'll include it in the show notes. Yeah, all right, guys, this is all happening right now as we're putting stuff in place. So oh, this is awesome. somewhere, somewhere there's a website, but the social media, at least I got right. We need to make oh, it where kind of a scavenger hunt to find your website, like the yeah, old Beverly 90210 episodes with the egg to find the rave. You know, I actually <laughs> Googled, I Googled it quickly and couldn't find it. So uh, happy to give a Jawbox t-shirt to the first person who can actually find Ooh. the website. So, now I'm going to go look yeah. for it. I'll do it. Let me, let me know what the URL is when you find it. <laughs> you got it. All right, Kim, thank you so much. Good luck thank on you. all the upcoming shows. When's the first show, by the way? June 14th, up in Boston. Up in Boston? Nice. Wow. How come you're launching gonna, Boston gonna, and not D.C.? Um, we just thought it would be best to not start in D.C. Just feels <laughs> like to be back on stage somewhere, yeah. somewhere else. I don't know. That's why. All righty. Oh. Well, thanks for calling in. Um, I yeah, know Bell has so been much. living off cloud nine right, since guys. the announcement. <laughs> thanks, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for having me on again. No oh, problem. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. All righty. So we are at the one hour mark. Odell, it sounds like we're going to have a pretty kick-ass summer, huh? I think it's going to be pretty cool, man. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to this summer. I didn't think um, at this age I could just have a like a raging passion for upcoming stuff, but it sounds like this summer we're going to have a lot of really cool stuff going on. No, big things are happening, man. Like you know, we were always talking just the the increase of volume on the on the on the Facebook page, just the um, people want wanting to be on the show, which is really awesome. Um, no, I think it's it's a it's a it's a great thing. It's 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 uh, I mean, look who we had on tonight. Look at the two guests we had on tonight. Two incredible ladies, you know, um, that are doing a lot, and um, I think it's great, man. I think it's really, oh, you really think great. tonight's guests were um, were outspoken? Wait till we have Lori Fairbanks on from Cunt Punch next episode. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I like I follow. I love her politics first, and then I mm-hmm. went and checked the band out. It was like, man, I've got to have her on because this girl is pure gold. And I love yeah. everything she's saying. All righty. We are going to end the show with Miraful. We'll be back in two weeks with Lori Fairbanks from Cunt Punch. All right. All right. Good night, guys. Good night.